Listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. Hey, 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 Bass Edge Nation. Here we are back again. Second episode in 2020, but 320th episode. Dude, we got the goods here, and we got another great show coming right here from Bass Edge Radio. Of course, always presented by our friends and partners, MegaWare Keelguard. If you're not following them on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, they have some really, really amazing stuff. Be sure to go give them a follow, but also in the meantime, be sure to check out all of their amazing products at keelguard.com. Kurt, it has uh, been a little on the chilly side in my neck of the woods, and uh, I can tell you I've been enjoying my heated garage of being able to go through and organize my hooks, my tackle, you know, all of that kind of stuff to where it's just simply too cold for me to be out on the water right now. Yeah, man, this is the time of year to uh, go through some things that hard to put a percentage on it, Aaron, but I'm going to say 85% of the tackle I use in my boat 100% of the time. And there's 15, maybe even 20% of the stuff Dude, I haven't dug it out in three, four, five years maybe at times. I need to dump that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think all of us have a little bit of a disease of hoarding, you know, to a certain to a certain aspect. Maybe even worse as a bass angler, right? Right, and you know, it's always that fine line of, oh my gosh, they don't make these anymore, or what if I need this? But at the end of the day, I do feel there is solace in the fact of just clearing up mental space, bandwidth, just literal space in your boat to not have to deal with all of those choices, Kurt, because I think, wouldn't you agree that we have kind of our go-to handful of colors and baits that we use on a regular basis anyway? Yeah, no doubt. I was going through some square bills the other day and I got maybe, you know, four or five different types of square bill brands and there's two of them that i'm reaching for all the time the only reason i even have those other ones in there is i got a wild hair on a color or you know somebody said that they were catching them on this at a tournament felt like i needed and then of course i bought some and never even freaking threw it right but it goes in the tackle box and then and then it just creates that whole clutter deal so i think it's i think it's good to you know almost like we clean out the baggage in our life we clean out the baggage in our tackle boxes in our boats so um man it's it's a great time to do it good to hear that you're able to get rid of some of your baggage Aaron. yeah well <laughs> i've got a lot of it diana i just asked diana but uh, that's that's a different topic but speaking of different topics uh, it's hard to believe it's that time of year kurt to get signed up for pro bass camp because if you don't you run the risk of basically missing not being able to attend yeah man it's 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 crazy you know announced the uh camp dates in late december signups are going through the roof you know i I generally get i'm gonna say about a 65 to 70 percent return rate on campers that have come in years past and so that fills up a lot we included some more slots this year so we're having 26 campers for each session down here in Del Rio, Texas on Lake Amistad. So that's a total availability of, uh, help me with the quick math. Is that 52? Yeah, that's 52 campers that, that will be able to come down here to Del Rio, Texas and fish Lake Amistad for five days. You know, the camp's coming down here for five days, four days of fishing. That's what's going on down here at Lake Amistad. We have some availability there. The uh, dates are June 
three through seven for session one. Session two is June the 9th through the 13th. So um, those are the camps that we'll be having, the youth bass fishing camps down here in Del Rio, Texas. You can check it out online. Yeah, check it out online, probasscamp.com. Check out the website. You can contact me through there, the email info at probasscamp.com. Well, and you better not wait, Kurt, because what I just did, I know you're a statistician and I'm kind of a numbers guy, (laughs) but uh, out of your 52, based upon your return rate, people, you've got about 35 that's coming back. So, you know, 52 minus 35, that's really what people are trying to sign up for. Well, general, and and like I said, it's exactly right. Now we've got another session. This is year two. We've been doing the Texas camp for nine years. Unbelievable what's going on nine years, Aaron. It's out of out of control. Wow. But um, lots of fun. But we last year in 2019, we introduced a session three camp up at Lake Oneida in Syracuse, New York. And we are coming back with a session three in 2020 as well. Those dates are July 27 through 31. Lake Oneida, crazy unique fishery. You can catch a four pound smallmouth on one cast and a four pound largemouth on the next. It's a lot of fun. We had a great camp there last year. By the way, anybody that wants to log on my YouTube channel, Kurt Dub Fishing, can see videos from many camps in the past. So if you if you're like kind of wondering like what, what, what is all this camp stuff well if you check out the youtube videos it'll give you a clear vision of what's going on the fish and the instruction and and all the great programs that we're having so uh also for folks out on the east coast or or even people in the midwest that want to go catch some smallmouth lake Oneida is a great place to do it and the end of july is an awesome time to be there so uh yeah man appreciate you mentioning that Aaron. check it out pro bass camp Com. Lots of programming there for young anglers looking to make a splash and just ate up with the sport of bass fishing. No doubt. And uh, I know there's some scholarship opportunities there as well, but uh, certainly just reach out to you, Kurt, and that's the best way to do that, uh, to be able to follow up on that. In the meantime, though, we have on deck a uh, brand new protecttheharvest.com tackle tip. Let's get to it. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with MLF Pro, John Murray. Hey guys, when you're out there on the water, and I don't care where you have to gas, I'm out there all the time, you got to get some Lucas Oil, Marine Oil Products, Ethanol Treatment. The Ethanol Treatment is my go-to. Every time when I fill up my tanks, no matter where I'm filling up my tanks to protect my mercury motor from wear and tear and all the things that happen with the oil and the gas in all these places. So when you're out there on the water, Always have some Lucas Oil ethanol treatment handy for your boat. Great tip. Thanks, John. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. 
Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. I know we beat this dead horse a lot because of just the time of year, but it's essentially, you know, getting stuff ready, going through the tackle, whether it's going to, uh, you know, the various shows and, and sponsor obligations that you have, but you're really already on the doorstep of preparing for your first tournament. Yeah, doorstep. I might, I might have one foot through the threshold. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's here. It is freaking here it's been an interesting last several weeks just because i'm taking on an endeavor of camping in 2020 so uh you know i bought a dually ford f350 got me a used i'm going in on a trial basis aaron i bought me a used f350 2015 got me a used camper so i'm not going in like all in both feet head first by any means but camping in 2020 a lot of this out of necessity my boys right (laughs) brad hallman decided to go fish the bass opens in 2020 um brian schmidt went to go fish the Bass Elite Series in 2020. And those were my guys, man, for, I mean, we were roommates, partners, homies, uh, you know, compadres. Right. I mean, well, and it's it's almost, a, you know, it's a brotherhood. It's a, a yes. tribe. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much camaraderie. But I will tell you, you know, certainly you and I kind of flipped uh, that role because way back when, in the early days, I actually did kind of the same thing. And I right. think it's very, very smart, by the way, going into the used uh, market first and kind of dip your toe in it. It's a great way to to see if that's a fit. But uh, I too had a slide in that that went in the back of had the big Ford truck with uh, the diesel so you could travel around. But I will say, Kurt, being able to camp and I tried to frequent the the state parks, it puts you in a different space mentally of, of being that in touch with kind of with nature. I know Rick Clun spoke often about yeah. that and that's why he did that so i i've got to believe it it might uh, add a different edge to your fishing man i hope so I, i'm i'm hoping so i've got some friends out there that camp so bass edge buddies actually pete ponce james niggemeyer they're both camp both fishing the uh, flw pro circuit this year so you know i'm not going to be all alone which is which is good you know it's comforting knowing that i'm going into something i don't know squat quite frankly you know not only do you got to get all this stuff set up but it's a learning process too you know you got to learn how what you know what's the gray for what's this water for you know when you got to run the generator you know keep the generator i mean it's a it's a whole yeah i'll just the the biggest 
tip I could give you is don't drink black or gray water. Those <laughs> those two are off limits. That's that's not potable. That's that's a good tip. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of tips that I, that I'm going to need this year. And so I'm going to be leaning on on my camping buddies and and probably giving you a call now and then and saying, Hey, Aaron, what you used to do when you know this happened or that happened. So so yeah, it's it's uh, but you know, outside of getting ready for the camping, dude, I'm ready to go fishing. Rayburn, ready to kick it off. Had a good event there last year. Confident, ready, going to be totally different than last year. So I'm excited for that too because uh, last year they had high water, 8, 10 foot high. This year, much more closer to normal conditions. Um, I think there's going to be new patterns, new techniques uh, that are going to be more dominating this year than they were last year. So uh, I'm excited about the whole freaking thing. I'm excited to get this kicked off. I'm excited for the event to begin and the journey to begin to make the FLW title event at the St. Lawrence River in August, dude. So y'all hang in here as these tours get started this year. We've got an exciting new BASS Elite Series angler ready to jump on the call, ready to get into the podcast world. Maybe his first go around. We'll talk about it with Kyle Welcher coming on right now. This is professional angler Jeff Sprague. I'm 2017 Forest Wood Cup qualifier Shane LaHue. This is FLW Tour angler Brian Schmidt. This is Lucas Oil Pro Mark Rose, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron and Kurt. know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Aaron, I'm excited for this interview coming up. You know, it's almost like we're having this tradition here at Bass Edge Radio. And, you know, I'm a crazy nut, as most people know about (laughs) about the sport of bass fishing. And I love, you know, having a new angler, kind of a new guy on the national scene that's coming up and, and get to talk to him before the season begins. If you go back to some of our archives, you'll see we talk to some new anglers every year, early in the year. And I gotta admit... You know, oftentimes they make a little splash going into the top level. So I'm excited to get everybody to know this dude. I've been watching his YouTube channel for a little while, and he is going to be a new angler, as everyone's seen as they've announced all the anglers on the Bassmaster Elite Series. This is a new Elite Series angler for 2020. Welcome to the show, Kyle Welcher. Thanks for taking the time to be with us on the program, Kyle. Well, absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me on. This is my first time doing anything 
thing like this. So I'm going to try my best to keep my dumb redneck side contained <laughs> as much as possible. Well, Kyle, I can certainly tell you this will not be your last based upon your resume. And uh, anyway, like Kurt said, we really appreciate having you here on the show. You know, you pretty much just, I don't know how else to say it, just smoked the AAA fields in 2019, qualifying for the FLW Pro Circuit through the Costas and the BASS Elite Series through the Opens, which is not an easy thing to do. Tell us a little background about where you're from and, and what some of your strengths are in fishing and need to be sure my fantasy team is on the right track in 2020. Well, as far as fantasy goes, I might hold off on that for a second to, uh, <laughs> you know, make a little more waves, but I pretty much like to catch fish in six foot of water or less. That's If I could do that every day, that's what I want to do. I love flipping. I love frogging, shallow cranking. Now, I seem to struggle a little bit when we go to these Tennessee River lakes and you got to catch them a little bit deeper. So, yeah, anytime we go to a lake that is, you can catch them anytime in Florida or spring, anytime around that. Or if, if there's a rain in the summer and there's a lot of current where I can catch them shallow, you know, in current, any of those times, I feel very, very comfortable. So that really, the Elite Series schedule for next year, a lot of the lakes you're going to be able to fish shallow for like the first five tournaments and have the opportunity to catch 30-pound bags on a lot of these lakes. So I'm really excited about the way the schedule sets up for the way that I normally fish. So is is that liking because of where you're from geographically, you know, your hometown? or And tell us where that is, by the way. Yeah, I'm from Opelika, Alabama. So I live 10 minutes away from a Chattahoochee River lake. And then I've got Lake West Point's 30 minutes away. Lake Eufaula is about 50 minutes away. I can be upriver on Eufaula in 30 minutes. And then I'm like an hour away from the Tallapoosa River, which is Lake Martin, Lake Weedowie. And then I'm an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and 30 minutes away from like five different Coosa River lakes. So all those lakes are pretty much shallow water fisheries most of the year. And now, obviously, the Tennessee River cuts through Alabama, but I'm about three hours away from almost all of those, at least where I grew up. For the past year, I've lived close to Chickamauga and tried to learn how to fish that style a little more. But where I grew up, I've been three, three and a half hours away from the Tennessee River, so I haven't been able to see that a ton. So where I'm from, we always fish grass. If we fish deep, we're fishing brush piles usually. And, you know, that's not the same as fishing a ledge. A brush pile, you can pull up, make four casts, you catch one, then you go to another brush pile. Right, and you gotta, right. Those ledges are a whole other beast. So I don't have the confidence in that. But, yeah, for sure, where I grew up at, I'm an hour away from, like, 15 lakes where you can catch them shallow in the dead heat of the summer or as cold as it gets in the winter. They're always living in less than six feet of water. So that's kind of my my crutch. All right. So I've always wondered, you know, geographically, you know, state of Alabama, you got Birmingham kind of up north, Montgomery a little bit more toward the south. So where you're from is a little southeasterly. You're kind of over there, Steve Kennedy country and Poche lives over there. Keith Poche, he lives over there a little bit. And and uh, Greg Vincent, a lot of anglers living over there where you're coming from. And so is that considered L.A.? You know, Alabama, what they got, North Alabama, and then they got L.A., right? Lower Alabama. Do you consider yourself a Lower Alabama guy? <laughs> you know, I consider as soon as you cross over Montgomery and start heading down more towards Mobile, I consider that L.A. I consider me to be just M.A., mid-Alabama. <laughs> All right, M.A., I like it. Well, you began your career at a crazy crazy young age. I mean, you were fishing the FLW Tour at 19 years old. That's right, right? Yeah, and that doesn't mean I had any business doing it, but I was there. (laughs) 
like I said, I'm a crazy fan of the sport. And uh, I remember you did well at an FLW Tour event back at uh, Table Rock Lake. Like I said, 19 years old. Dude, have you seen the photo they got on your mugshot up there in the FLW holding up them fish? Yeah, well, I just got on a regular. I think it was a, an American Eagle t-shirt that cost like 15 bucks. <laughs> Dude, it, dude, you you might have been 19, but you look like you were 14. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, well, I still look 19. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, let me say, after the 2012 season, you you know, you kind of make a little splash there at FLW Tour. You fished uh, five, I think five of the six events. You had a, a top 10, made almost $20,000 in a tournament, 19 years old, running around the country. And, and back in 2012, the FLW Tour wasn't nearly as expensive, right? I mean, you were probably only paying right. like 16, 18K in entry fees back there. So one tournament, you busted out pretty strong. Right, right. I- I think the year I fished, the entry fees were around 20000 and I didn't pay for the last one. So, yeah, I mean, pretty much paid for the whole – not ex- travel expenses, but the whole year pretty much was paid for with that one check as far as entry fees go. So, you know, you see a lot of young guys coming in the sport. How did that all work out, man? How do you decide, look, man, I'm going to fish the FLW Tour. I got this. My entire life, it's always been – I was just going to be a pro fisherman. Like, it was just, just going to happen. It's what I always thought ever since I was, like – five, six years old. And then my thing was you want to get in there as early as possible because you want to have the best career you can have. So the more years you spend on it, the better you do. I fished locally a lot whenever I was obviously 16, 17, 18. I won a, quite a few local tournaments whenever I was like 18, 17 years old, like a big amount of them. And a lot of them were smaller. You know, they'd be 20 to 40 or 50 boats in them. And then I went to college for a semester did you go to Auburn? We had, I went, no, I went to UAB, and we had three club qualifiers in the fall of 2011. So I, I get to a college, and I'm fishing the Coosa River chain, which I, it was the northern parts, like Neely Henry and Logan Martin, lakes I had never really fished in. I went all three college qualifiers at UAB, and then Auburn puts on a big tournament every year on Logan Martin, at least they used to, and I, I go to that, and there's like 250 boats, and I think I come in like 10th place out of 250, but I had like 12 and a half pounds a day. And then after those, you know, those results, my mom called me. She's like, we got to figure out a way to get you, you know, for you to fish pro now. I like that. I was that. Like, mom, I'm all like, behind it. I like that. I'm like, I'm in for sure. Like you ain't got to twist my arm at all. <laughs> so obviously when you're 19 years old, it's not possible to do that kind of stuff without your parents helping you. Sure, sure. So but getting that check, obviously, I was able to pay for most of the year myself. They obviously paid for it. And I had, I had a little bit of money saved from here and there. But they paid for most of the expenses and stuff like that. So that's how I got on the tour. And that year, it just was not – I don't like talking about negativity, lost fish, nothing like that. But that year, it just was not going to happen. I think I had two or three tournaments where after day one, I was sitting in like 35th place or 40th place where, you know, if you come in the top 50, you get a $10,000 check. And that goes a long way when you're 19 years old and starting out. So it does when you're 45, I, 47. <laughs> right. Right. And I, two or three of those tournaments where on day two, just every possible thing that could go wrong, just went wrong. And it, I wasn't as resilient back then as, as I hope I am now when things start going wrong, you know, it's, it's easy to get spun out whenever you done lost two in a row, then Jimmy Houston comes rolling by and pulls in the next pocket, and it's just like, come on, dude, you know? Right. It's hard to stay level-headed in that. That's right. Well, Kyle, you hit a stride very quickly, kind of emerging again in 2015 and in 2016, qualified for the All-American. How was that experience for your growth process? That was a very pivotal year because – 
2015 was the first year I really said I'm going to fish the all the uh, BFLs. So fish all the BFLs, have like the worst year I could ever possibly have in the BFLs. I never even thought it could be that bad. And then I, w- I went to the regional on Lake Sinclair. And to me, qualifying from the regional was, was more pivotal as far as my confidence than going to the All-American because qualifying is so difficult. So I, I went to the regional on Lake Sinclair and there's like, 225 boats or 200 boats, something around there. And you got to finish what, like top six, right? You got to finish the top six. And then I found them pretty good in practice and I I thought I could catch some fish. And then after day one, I'm leading. And then, you know, I ended up coming in fourth or fifth or something like that in that many boats. And that was just a huge confident booster for you to just, because you you see something like the all American and then there's so many people fish the BFL and it's just like a carrot that's dangled way out there. And you're like, one day, maybe I can make the All-American. And just to see it all come together, it's a huge confidence boost, but it also just lets you realize that it's actually possible to do these kind of things. So, right. you know, I don't know, without those kind of things coming together every once in a while, you know, it's hard to, we just want to go fish to open because it's like, will I be the top five out of 250 guys? You know, but to see it all come together, it just, it gives you that confidence boost that it can happen. That's all we ask for as fishermen is an opportunity and allow it to have a chance to happen. That's a great outlook, man. You, you know, obviously blazing now this trail in 2019, um, as I mentioned in the opening, kind of found you on the YouTube stuff. Dude, I noticed when I'm, you know, getting ready for the interview and stuff and I contacted you on Instagram and you haven't been real heavy in the social stuff, but your YouTube is crushing it. What spurred you to take that on? so heavy i paid my deposit to fish the tour this past year so i paid my deposit in the fall of 2018 to fish the tour that's all and i tried to reach out yeah and i i was told i i had a spot and everything but it it didn't it didn't end up working out and that's fine but i uh, started talking to companies a lot of companies and everybody i talked to they want to know about your social media numbers and at that time i had nothing so i was like you know let's just put some of these videos out and see what happens and my entire thought process was i knew absolutely nothing about making videos, editing. I had terrible camera equipment. I had, actually had a Garmin verb whenever I started that I won at a fishing meeting for the Alabama Bass Trail. They just drew my name somehow out of a hat. and I had, So I started making YouTube videos on that. So I just started making YouTube videos for the sole purpose of to make me look better to sponsors. And then after I made a few of them in like two or three weeks or a month in, I started to really, really enjoy it. You get so many interactions with people that, I mean, they might live 15 minutes from you and you'll never meet them, but because they're searching, you know, this certain lake that you're fishing on, they might pop on your videos and y'all start talking, you know, in the comment section. I get messages on Facebook all the time. So after I started seeing the results from that's, I'm a junkie for progress. Whenever I start seeing myself get better at something, it yeah. just makes me want to do it and do it and do it. So whenever I started seeing it kind of take shape and my videos start to get a little bit better and me start to talk a little bit better, it made me just want to hammer down and just fire through it. And then I got sucked. Like the fishing community is amazing. I don't think there's another community on YouTube where the overwhelming majority of all comments are positive. Like I'll get 400 likes on, on a video and no dislikes or one dislike. All the comments are, man, keep it up. You know, all this good stuff. All my DMs are just so positive. I don't know if there's another community that is that positive as the fishing community is. Like we're, it's really like a big family. And when I make those videos, it's just another way to interact 
with the big family of fishing. That's cool, man. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break. This is an interesting look into a new face on tour. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to power pull down real quick. Aaron, Kyle, and I will return. Hang on one second. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Mercury Marine, returns with BASS Elite Series angler Kyle Welcher in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Kyle, you know, you mentioned in the first segment of the interview, you're a junkie for progress. That's a great statement. 2019, we talked about it. It was a good year for you. Had all kinds of stuff. You've opted to fish into the BASS Elite Series. What kind of goals do you set and how do you prepare yourself for 2020? The number one goal for me is just to make as many good decisions as possible because that, that's all we can do whenever we're tournament fishermen. So I don't like those rides home where I'm, I made a mistake and made a bad decision. I can handle it if I lost a fish because you, you're not going to catch them all that bite. But whenever I make a bad decision or I go against something that I already know, that is what I cannot stand. That keeps me up at night. Losing a five-pounder does not keep me up at night because I just know that's going to happen. Making bad decisions, that keeps me up at night. But as far as like, you know, more tangible goals, making the classic my first year, I'll, I'll be pretty happy with that. And, you know, a decent percentage of the elite field gets to go to the classic. So right. making the classic my first year would be a pretty good accomplishment for me. And then another thing, rookie of the year is always out there, especially on the elite series. It's, it always seems like a little bit bigger deal on the elite series. So I'm definitely shooting for rookie of the year. But, you know, we got to see how three or four tournaments go before we can really start pulling for that too hard. I got you. I was going to ask that, actually. So have they discussed how rookies are platformed now? You know, before, I think we had uh, Brent Ayler, one rookie of the year. He had been fishing the FLW Tour and won events and all that kind of stuff. Did they decide who is eligible to be? I mean, last year, I, the Elite Series had right, some crazy number of rookies because of all the changes. But then they, you know, certain guys were allowed to be rookies, certain guys not. How does that set up for you? Yeah, so if you have won $500,000 on either or or combined between FOW or BASS, if you've won over $500,000, you cannot be considered a rookie. That's the standard. And the, cool. Yeah, and just like you said, the, the reason that they made that is because people coming over from FOW with $2 million in earnings <laughs> and then competing against somebody that, that just qualified for their first time. So Yeah. That's a good insight. That makes sense. I'm, I'm glad that they set up a good designated rule for what establishes a rookie, and I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. So that's awesome. We can rook you for the rookie title next year. That's cool. Right. And also, Kyle, along those same lines, can you give us the goods or some insight to young anglers or startups? How has the sponsor process been working as you uh, start the elite endeavor? It's tough. You know, and I don't feel like I fit in the pro category yet but every pro tell you it is hey look when you're on the elite series you're in the pro category bro (laughs) i just want to let you in case you didn't know that's what that's what it is you've (laughs) arrived you've arrived (laughs) well 
it's definitely tough to get sponsored. It's really hard to cold call people because your big money is always going to come from people that are not in the fishing world. And it's hard to call somebody that is not interested in fishing or and, and just tell them that, hey, I have the opportunity to do this many millions of impressions next year. And, you know, they if they're just not into fishing, they just don't see how big it actually is or it can be. So the sponsor thing for me has been extremely difficult. It's very slow going. It is coming together a little. But I will say without a YouTube channel, I don't think I would have got a single dollar that I have gotten this year. A lot of people have reached out to me wanting, you know, to give me product or a, a smaller monetary stuff. And it's all been from YouTube. And I don't think the people that I have presented stuff to would be nearly as receptive as, if it wasn't for my YouTube channel being just an addition. Cause that's just another thing that sets you apart from everybody. And that's what you want to do whenever you're starting. That's the advice that I'm getting to that I would give to younger or people that are just getting into it. You have to do something different because these companies get so many resumes. I mean, a day, a week, you have to do something different. You have to have a different angle. Just talk to them in person. You send an email in, they're never going to read it. If they do read it, it's going to look like the thousands of other ones they get. You have to figure out a way to do something different. And I can't say how, because I obviously have not even figured that out myself yet. But if you can find something different that you can do that you can offer them that everyone else can't, that's your big end in this industry. Yeah, I feel like sponsorship is a little bit like fishing. When you launch the boat the first time, you're not really sure of the behavioral patterns. You're not really sure if they like to be on rock or grass or lay downs. I mean, you know, and then and then at the same time, you're not really sure, okay, what's the best way to fish it? You know, do I crank it? Do I worm it? Or I feel like the sponsor world in bass fishing is a little bit similar to that. And and as you get going and you know, you kind of have some success and some and, and there'll be some failures obviously i mean that's part of life then uh, you'll get the hang of of how to better you know attack a certain situation so uh and i and i think for young folks coming into the sport i mean it's important for them to know that because i think you can real quickly get down about it you know just kind of like what you were talking about you know early in your career i mean you're still early in your career but when you first started you know like fishing the flw tour and stuff like that you can get down about it you know just not have a lot of confidence about the situation but um as you you move forward man you're making a lot of good moves i I really like what i've been seeing so i'm excited for you man it's 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 gonna be fun to watch real quick i gotta ask you this you got a couple weeks before your season starts in florida how you focus on preparation you're gonna be going fishing somewhere in florida before the first event you're gonna hang around the house you still got a lot of stuff going on what's your process look like coming up now that you're getting ready to kick this thing off well before i go to florida i'm probably going to spend about 20 more hours on google earth looking at every single inch of the st john's river and i do have some rigging left to do on my boat have to do a few more things get it wrapped and stuff like that but one of the main ways that i like to prepare for a tournament season is i like to go to a completely new lake i've never been to before in my life and like not just run down the bank and just fish actually high intensity try to figure out what's going on what the fish are doing because i mean how many times do you find something in the morning of a tournament day that they're still biting at one o'clock in the evening it just doesn't happen like that and flying by the seat of your pants is something you have to do literally every single day unless i mean i can count on one hand the amount of times where what i thought was going to work actually worked so going to new lakes is one of my favorite things to do and actually try to catch them like This year, I fished three BFLs on lakes I had never seen before until tournament morning whenever I just pulled up to the lake. And 
that kind of intensity on a lake that you've never been to is just opens my mind up so much to being receptive to the conditions and changing at the drop of a hat. And that's how I like to be in tournaments. I like to just be able to move as fast as possible. So that's how I like to prepare is fish new water all the time. Wow. That's a great concept, Kyle. I mean, um, very interesting. That's what we, Hey, look, we just talked about this with John in the last episode, right? John Murray. We were asking about you know, some of the differences between, you know, you get a lot of success by, you know, some of these younger anglers. And why is it that a guy that's experienced something so much having more difficulty, you know, the veterans of the sport, and then you see some, dude, this is exactly why Kyle just spit it out for all of us real quick. Yes. That was, that, John, that's the concept right there. John was spot on. Thanks for sharing that, Kyle. That's, that's fantastic. We are at the point in our show where we do the listener question segment, of course, brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. But I guess, uh, Kyle, since you're new to the Elite Series and your first time on Bass Edge, Kurt's going to work you like a mule because he's not giving you just one. He's giving you two (laughs) questions to answer. So anyway, the first one is from Gilbert Arroyo. And Gilbert wants to know, is there any benefit to using braid on the Carolina rig? What's your thoughts on that, Kyle? There's two main benefits to using braid all the time. And number one is you're going to get way more casting distance. And the reason for that is you can go down to a 40 or 50 pound braid and you can just absolutely sling that thing further than you can with mono or fluorocarbon, which is what I use almost all the time. The second benefit to braid would be that there is more sensitivity in the braid because there's less stretch. So braid is going to be a little more sensitive than fluorocarbon whenever you have it tied to a piece of tungsten. I mean, every single rock you feel is going to feel like somebody's down there with a baseball bat. But... The the thing you have to worry about with braid is braid has no stretch. So I'm assuming you're going to use a three to four or five foot leader with fluorocarbon. So whenever you're setting the hook, you're putting all the stretch into about a four foot piece of fluorocarbon of the entire force of the hook set. So my recommendation would be to use a fluorocarbon mainline and a fluorocarbon leader because you're going to have less failures as far as breaking. But the braid does have some definite advantages if you want to go that route. Just be sure on the hook set that you make a super long cast if you're going to set the hook hard because if you try to set the hook too hard with braid and then a fluorocarbon leader, you're going to see some snaps going on. Yeah, maybe the best scenario there is that he matches the rod action with the style of line he's needing to use maybe for a particular scenario or technique. But yeah, good stuff there. Another quick question. As as Aaron said, I'm going to work you like a mule right here. This one was asked by Blake Risen, I believe is how you say his last name. He says, I know when fishing, confidence is a huge factor. When fishing a certain body of water and skunking out more times than catching fish, how should one go about cleaning the slate and able to build confidence on that body of water? This is a tough thing to do for almost anybody. I've got lakes that I just dread going back to because every time I go there, it seems like I just can't catch them. I never get a check. And this is one of the hardest things to turn around. But my recommendation would be find the most obvious thing on the lake. If there's one bluff bank that and the rest of the lake is a flat or anything you can find where it just sticks out and it's a lot different, you know, isolated trees or there's one dock that's super long, just fish that kind of stuff and downsize, use lighter line and Lighter lines gonna make your baits look a lot more natural. So I'm assuming this must be a highly pressured lake if it's this tough. So 
downsize your baits and spend all your time in the high percentage stuff, the isolated stuff, the deeper stuff, and make sure you downsize because that's what's going to get you the more bites. And that would be my recommendation is, you know, fish the high percentage stuff, get you some confidence in that you can actually get some bites on this body of water before you branch out and try to start running a pattern or run more of the, you know, low percentage stuff. Just get some bites, get your confidence up, and then start trying to pick the lake apart a little bit more. Yeah, there again, we go back to uh, that word that John Murray covered last time, which was confidence. So, man, Kyle, I almost feel like uh, you prepared for this and, and fell right in line with what uh, <laughs> what John had mentioned on the last episode. So thanks for, for sharing that. We certainly appreciate you helping tackle those listeners questions and Gilbert and Blake we appreciate you sending those in to be answered on the show only thing that we need from you is to simply log on to BassEdge.com click the claim your prize segment tab and let us know that you heard Kyle answer both of your questions here on episode 320 and we will get the Bass Edge gift sent directly to your doorstep and a reminder to all Bass Edge listeners go right on there to BassEdge.com submit your question to be heard on the show and um, you could win another gift from Bass Edge Radio, just like Gilbert and Blake did in this episode. You can also email us those questions, support at BassEdge.com. Sometimes people leave some stuff on our Facebook and Instagram pages, so you can do that as well. But I think the website and the email is the more direct approach, so look forward to seeing those questions through there. Well, Kyle, it was uh, just really a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better, and I know that uh, myself and Kurt and the rest of Bass Edge Nation will be watching Watching you closely as you begin the Elite Series and certainly wish you the best of luck. I can say with confidence that uh, it's probably not the last time you're going to be on Bass Edge Radio either. So any final thoughts or uh, comments for our listeners? One more thing I want to say is I want to tell those two guys I appreciate them sending in the the questions. I know as far as my social media, I always appreciate any of the comments, any of the questions. I'm sure y'all do the exact thing, but... Other than that, I just I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, like you said, I'll be on the Bass Elites next year. So anytime the Elite Series comes to any town close to any of the listeners, come out to the weigh-in, shake my hand, tell me what's up. And then my YouTube channel is just my name, Kyle Wilcher, and that's about all I've got. Great stuff, Kyle. Appreciate again you being here. All the best in 2020. We'll be rooting you on. Bass Edge Nation, hold tight. Aaron and I will return in just a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, you know, I found it interesting. I, first off, as you and I both do, we love having uh, new 
anglers to Bass Edge, you know, come on board. But then just kind of hearing what Kyle's approach is, but also what John Murray had mentioned on the, the episode previously, talking about just confidence and and uh, not really having any preconceived ideas or notions. You know, Kyle said that's exactly what he does. Yeah, he, he expects it to not be the same. He expects to have to change and, and, and he embraced, that's what he wants to do. That's his motivation. That's his, that's his freaking strategy. His strategy isn't to go out and say, okay, well, these are the conditions. This is the pattern. This is how I'm going to catch them. His strategy is let's just keep moving and keep catching them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like, you know, rocket science, but, but at the same time, it's definitively a younger, more, open-minded look at the process and uh what happens is you know as a guy that has a lot of experience both of us you know we we look at something and we see that somebody does x y and z to have success and we want that success and and sometimes we try too hard to emulate what we think should be happening whereas kyle clearly stated that he expects it to change and so he continues moving about trusting essentially trusting his instincts fishing in in the presence and uh kind of just you know which was I, we talked about this before but my motto for 2019 and what success i had last year was trying to trust the process and that's what kyle's doing he's trusting the movements that he makes and realizing not to get too overburdened and really that's what it is burdening himself with doing one thing that should be working He's just he's just moving about. And um, I don't know if that's mind breaking conceptually for some anglers, but I feel like not enough people are having that openness of thought while they're out there trying to dissect a fishery. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it really comes down to just embracing the change is, is what we're speaking of. And I know we just sounded like we took a chapter out of Dr. J. McNamara's, you know, Psychology of Exceptional <laughs> Fishing book. But that's really what th- – there's a big difference, Kurt, between planning or intending to do it versus doing it, right? Or, or maybe just doing it for being open to it and then going back to the old habits. But regardless, uh, Kyle certainly has something figured out. Uh, based upon where he's at and, and where he's arrived, but really going to be neat to watch him and follow his career as he develops, as it is with so many of these young people yeah. that are coming up. I've liked this kind of new, I say new, the, this tradition that just formed out of out of our process of, of scheduling shows and looking at anglers to bring, to introduce to, you know, everyone that listens to Bass Edge and, and fishing fans everywhere. And um, this one becoming one of my favorite deals is to talk to somebody new and fresh, getting ready to embark on essentially, you know, a lifelong goal or a dream that they've had. And now that they're in place to kind of set it in motion, it's fun to hear their excitement, the, um, the things that they went through to achieve that process and then and what their focus is on moving forward and, and all of the little intangibles that it takes to come to this pinnacle of process that thrust them into kind of the national touring professional bass fishing so it's 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 one of my favorite episodes man again kyle he brought it dude it was a great interview i loved it glad he was with us today 
Yeah, great stuff. I just want to uh, send out a few reminders. Don't forget to send in those listener questions through our social media or certainly uh, email us there on Ask the Pro through our website. And in the interim, while you're on the website, be sure to check out all of the articles, videos, and of course, BassEdge.com store where you can find all things Bass Edge. In the meantime, though, we, uh, we're going to shut this down. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, and we look forward to seeing you February 1st already. For the next episode, hard to believe. We'll see you soon. Hopefully, get some time to be out on the water or attend a few of those great shows like we've talked about, tackle, boat shows, whatever, that can keep your hands involved in the sport of fishing. Take care, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.